Hey everybody, Craig Adams here, and welcome to my podcast. Today in the studio, we have my Brooklyn-based friend, Bobby Hicks, who's a photographer, Instagram model, and more recently, filmmaker. And so I've been trying to help him with his YouTube and video stuff like that. We talk about how he got his start on Instagram, his advice for people in the industry, and actually some advice for people not in the industry, thinking about quitting their full-time jobs to start a career, uh, a freelance career on their own on Instagram or YouTube. So here we go. So the first time we met, um, because we we went out for coffee, and we met up in Brooklyn in the warehouses area, we got that yeah. fancy coffee. Yeah, right? we were down in uh, Industry City, and so the fifty the fifteen dollar coffee vlog video that, oh, that boy. disappeared. <laughs> I it was tragic because I actually liked that vlog a lot, and I was excited, but I accidentally deleted footage off my camera. I've done that so many times recently too. It's like I, I I've gotten to the point where I have to. Uh, back everything up at least twice and i think i actually uh, go and yeah so and i guess like to preface this even more it's like i was getting into looking into wedding filmmaking and stuff you know i wanted to find a way to make extra income so i started just going on youtube and just doing what i do youtube university researching and stuff and i found your channel and I was watching Wedding Film School, and I was like getting into you know like all of your stuff and your informative you know tidbits and whatnot. And uh, then I realized at one point that you lived in Brooklyn, so we met up and stuff at this place, and it was mm-hmm. a dope day. And it was the windiest day too, in like the summer, I it think was. it was. It was spring or summer. It was a very dangerous vlog. Yeah, <laughs> the wind was insane. Yeah, but yeah, and so it was one of those things where like I've I've actually turned to your channels multiple times for you know just a whole lot of things like. When I realized, man, I keep you know screwing up and like formatting all of my cards, you know, impulsively. Like, compul- I, I'm a compulsive, uh, like clutter freak. You know, it's like it, the second I am done with a photograph, like I just delete it because I don't need it anymore. You know, and so 2018, trying to make it a point to preserve everything, save it, organize it in different folders. And I had no idea how to do this properly. And so I actually went to like one of your old videos from like forever ago. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm doing this so wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am I am very crazy when it comes to organization. I think a lot of it has to do with knowing what files are important, yeah. knowing what to keep and what not. And then once you understand like wh- what is of value, you can make a system for keeping the stuff that is really important. Um, so hopefully I'll have a new video explaining my current setup, but it's nice to hear someone liking those nerdy, stupid videos that I think no one cares about. <laughs> File management for your computer. Well, I mean, like I said, it's definitely the, not sexy. the The longer the longer something is, the more I'm actually like into the idea of watching it. So, like you and uh, and Matt from. Um, uh, Matt Johnson? Yeah, Matt Johnson. You know, it's like... Who, who is Matt? Who is who is Matt? <laughs> who you know? is? It was like the like the guy will have like a 50-minute review video on just like the... Like a three-segment, you know, 50-minute each video on like his mm-hmm. settings for an A7S II. And I just was so excited. I spent like hours just It's Philip Bloom style, you it's know? A, yeah. he, he'll, he'll break down every single aspect of a camera or lens or whatever he wants to review and make like a 30, 40-minute like BBC documentary about this camera. <laughs> but with the best beard 
And I, I feel like um, I, I feel like I'm very much a part of his little nook in his place with his little Christmas lights behind him and stuff. Like you always you always have that expectation to see that with Matt's videos. It's it is interesting uh, looking at the backgrounds of YouTubers and the uh, lighting and the choices that go into that. Hundred percent. How much does it change over the the year or the the growth of the channel? Like, do people just shoot in the same spot over and over again, like Matt and? How does that respond to subscribers? Do people like that? You know, like they're like I I really because I'm I'm kind of like a a little neurotic when it comes to details and things like that. And there was a guy, um, I don't know if you've seen his stuff. Like he he kind of started out somewhat recently and is kind of like starting to pick up and stuff. But it seems like Crimson Engine or something like that. Mm. You know, and like he, he I, I thought you were gonna say. Uh, <laughs> The super Peter McKinnon. I'm like, uh, yeah, I've heard of Peter McKinnon. Heard of yeah, Peter. He's kind of picked up a little bit this year. Yeah, yeah he he's uh, the Canadian <laughs> guy. You know, like yeah, one but, mil- one million in six months. Yeah, something something like that. Yeah, you know, and uh, but it's like this guy. Um, uh, he has a really cool name too. It's like I, I forget exactly, but you know he he was one of those guys for like when the C200 came out. He was one of those guys to actually pull the trigger and picked it up and stuff. And you know that was a camera that like. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to save up to get like a a nice cinema camera and was looking around and stuff and I was like, oh, the C200, let's see what this guy does. And I was more impressed with like the way that he set up his shots for his videos and stuff where he has like just a whole series of little like Christmas lights and stuff in the back, you know, but like they're set up with different colors and like, you know, he, he he's doing it like really, really cool. It's the same thing, but different. That's, yeah, that's exactly. the golden rule on YouTube. Like, yeah. do something that is kind of familiar and useful to people, tutorials, whatever, whatever. And then do it different. Like, just do it in a different way that no one has seen. Uh, Ash Taylor is uh, in Toronto right now, but he's from the UK. And he does tutorials. He makes them as cinematic as possible. They're like beautiful, technical. Yeah. Uh, review videos, but for products that don't deserve it. Like we thought MKBHD made tech review sexy and cool looking. Uh, but I think Ash Taylor is a step above that and it's different. So, I mean, like, I feel like this, like I've definitely heard people talk about this in your show sometimes. And, and I feel like, you know, in general, you know, like this is something I, I talk to people all the time about, but it's like the, the way that vlogging and like YouTube itself has kind of evolved, you know, is, is really starting to kind of like force out the people that can't keep up with it. So you hear a lot of people, they're like, man, I would really love to do like he had Joe Nation on, you know, and, and he was even saying, he was like, you know, I used to have a YouTube show. Um, and he was like, but it was so hard for me to keep up with it because like, I'm so obsessive with making like really good quality stuff. And he was like, I'd put more time focusing on that than I did just on like the simplicity mm-hmm. of uh, just making a story. And it's like, I, I kind of think that now you, you kind of have to step it up that way. Like that, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, Peter McKinnon is blowing up so, so quickly. And like, you have so many people following suits that you realize, you know, the importance of not only just delivering, you know, like the content that people want to hear or see, but at the same time doing it in a way that is like, professional and and pretty and and you know like showcasing actual skill because it's because of how oversaturated you know the uh community is becoming it's like you really have to step it up so there's a lot of different pockets i think we make a lot of assumptions based on 
the videos that we see, the people we know, but there's so many different ways. Like we, we appreciate the skill and the technicality of some YouTube videos because I think we are both technically skilled in a sense. Even though you were saying that I'm way more than you, you were trying to say that I think we're both pretty technically skilled. You, I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty self-deprecating person when it comes to most things. Like I'm the you're great with photography, even more than I am. Like you're dabbling more into video more and more, but yeah. I guess that's the difference. It's like I, I think my thing is that like, um, like. You know, I'm I'm kind of like a jack of trades where it's like, you know, I I have this tendency to find an interest in something and then I just want to know everything I can about it. And so I fully like just immerse my life into that for a long period of time until, oh, hey, like here's another new shiny thing, you know. And so in that time, like I do pick up and I learn a whole lot of things and I do things practically. So it's not like I'm just going on YouTube and watching a lot of videos and being like, I can have a conversation about it. I try to put it into practice as well. Mm. So let's, let's take a step back for people who don't know you. Um, like what, what is the elevator pitch? Like if someone asks, who are you? What, what do you say? Well, uh, okay. So I am, hi, I'm Craig. Hey, I'm, I'm Bobby. <laughs> what do you do? I, uh, you know, it's, it's the hardest thing I've been doing this for years. <laughs> I, like I literally still to this day, I have no idea how to properly explain this, but so I am a social media influencer, which is like the, just the, douchiest way of putting anything i hate 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 saying it but it's like i i work with an agency and uh brands come to the agency and then they basically say hey we want to shoot this product Mm -hmm. and i'm in a line of you know like people on a roster and they're just like oh we like this guy because he's got tattoos and he smiles a lot and he'll (laughs) probably make these shoes and he looks like chris pratt so he looks like chris pratt which which like to this day like you are cheap chris pratt oh man i would love to be cheap. take it as a compliment yeah i totally do (laughs) one of my buddies actually did like the the visual effects for all of the guardians films and after he did the first one he was just like dude i didn't realize how much you looked like chris pratt Uh, and then i I told him i was like quit fucking around and just like put in the work because i would but i'd be his body double there's two chris pratt's though there's like before 2015 chris pratt and then there's after i think it's the the Jurassic Park movie that he had to get all buff for, right? It was. Um, he, he <laughs> you need like, to know. You need to yeah, know this important it, it was information. Like Zero Dark Thirty, I think, was uh, like when he first yeah. started training. He's still like big, but but you know, it's like he was like, I can lose all the fat, and he did. Because <clears throat> he he was pretty chunky on Parks and Rec. So. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And then all of a sudden, he like he got you know ripped and huge, and now right. you know it's like I'm gonna make this 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 guess. I think you are gonna be hanging out with Chris Pratt within three years. We should do we should do what Matthew Villa does and just start like a, you know, yeah yeah the, the rock the rock on yeah. on Matt's podcast. You know, I'll just do like get Chris on Bob's <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, hashtag. Yeah, but so is the bulk of what you're doing modeling uh, for other photographers, or do you shoot stuff yourself? How much of that is video, like, or is it yeah. just mostly modeling at this point through the agency? So the idea is that like it, I love what I do because the brands basically come to the agency and they're like here you know they give me a, what's called a scope of work <clears throat> and it's basically just like I'm lisping because I have chewing gum <laughs> and I'm drinking your tea this is weird yeah. you know but um, they give me like a, a list of like terms that they want to kind of have done so you know if I'm doing something for a shoe company they're like you know we want to get you know five shots total you know three for instagram you have this many posts you have to do in instagram or stories you have to do a blog post you know it's like maybe they want to do a video sometimes they're longer form things like i did things speedo where it was like six months and they do a ton of stuff i remember seeing that yeah and and it's like 
for the most part, I try to make my, one of the reasons why I try to be as knowledgeable as possible with everything is because you have to be very self-sufficient, you know? So like if I have to, I can definitely take a lot of my own photographs using Mm -hmm. my camera with a tripod, using my like remote shutter and stuff. And then I edit everything myself, you know? Um, But because these are paid jobs, I, I usually try to pay it forward and like help out my friends and stuff. So my buddy James is a fantastic photographer. And, uh, so like I'll have him help shoot with me and stuff. When it comes to video, it's a lot harder, you know, because like you can set up a tripod and do your own shots and stuff, but with video, like, you know, you know, it's like, you. there's a bit more to it. There's a little more movement and stuff. So, you know, it's like, I try to, when I, when I do video stuff, I try to actually tell more of like a story and incorporate elements of like friends and stuff that I can kind of pull them into the story. So I can, I can focus on the video stuff and kind of take control of that because you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I really don't trust uh, as many people to do video as I do with camera. Cause for some reason, I think maybe you might be able to like jump in on this and appreciate that. But it's like, you know, there's so many people that can take really great photos, but they can't really do good video. There's so many little elements that go into doing a proper video that like you just can't teach some people i think sometimes or it takes a long a longer time there are big differences similarities between them all the disciplines like i'm trying to get into music to making yeah basic tracks for my stuff and it's so hard midi keyboard right (laughs) yeah it's really hard so it makes me understand what it's like to learn a new thing so photographers going into video photographer or video people going into photo or music i get it yeah and so it's it's kind of fun but it's like you know, it, it's it's a, a fun but challenging kind of thing because you know, we have timelines, we have deadlines. Like I, I have, uh, and then on top of it, like when you know, the many different channels of how long it takes to get something done. So like, I can have uh, an email from an agent being like, "Hey, urgent. This has to be turned around. You know, like in a couple of days." And I'd be like, "Sure," and I'll knock it out, and then it won't get approved for like two months. And so then it's like all of a sudden everything has to get changed. Yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing. It's happening all the time. So I'm curious about uh, goals and conversions. Like are they looking, always looking for impressions, the stats behind the amount of views or... Are there sometimes like a link? Like you you know a campaign was successful if you got this amount of clicks which converted to this amount of purchases of a watch or speedo or whatever or is that kind of stuff that back end the business aspect kind of hidden from you um how much how much of that is involved in what you do with the campaigns so i mean like i guess when it, when it comes out it's like conversion is a really really tricky thing um you know i mean at the end of the day it's 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 so sad because like these brands will yeah go these brands will spend like a lot of money to um, kind of hope and trust, you know, like the, the whole influencer, you know, like sphere of things is still things is still like so new, you know, that brands really just don't know what they really want to do yet. You know, so it's like they're just kind of hoping and still trying to test out the model. So when you know, they come to me, for example, and it's like I have I have a good amount of following. I, I'm very, very grateful. The people that follow me are super loyal and and are really, really receptive to most of the things that I do. But, you know, the conversion rate in general is usually something around like one percent for sales. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it, but at the end of the day it's like, you know, if you're selling a product that's a hundred dollars and you have a hundred thousand followers and you get, you know, like 
10 or 15 people to buy something that's usually about the cost of what their budget is and so it works out so you know like sometimes they're kind of tracking with that there's a lot of analytics that i have to submit back to these uh companies so that they can kind of like track and kind of just move forward because it because it is evolving so quickly everybody wants to kind of see like hey how is this going to look next year or like look back to 2016 and see like hey this is what it looked like then so i don't know so your girlfriend does the same thing or does she do uh her own way of this (laughs) little modeling photography so my, my girlfriend um keiko like she actually was one of the original people I mean, like, when I say original, like, she was doing blogging before that was even a word. You know, I remember when I first heard the word blog, I was like, this is the dumbest word. I hate it. I hate that word. There's a lot of respect in that, though, to take a huge risk on a huge industry and honestly something that's kind of taking over marketing more and more. I think we've reached kind of a, a moment where brands understand the value of social influencers. So I respect that. That's cool. Yeah. And it was cool because it's like she started doing this, um, I mean, forever ago when like live journal was a thing, even before that was something else. And and she had a following of people that would just go to her page and like read her, her daily journal entries. And then she started a website um, just trying to do the same thing, just kind of like talk about it more in like a, a broader uh, span of things. But there was this period of time when like brands were starting to reach out and they were like, oh yeah, we would love to have do something with you and it and we'd never heard of that before and so it seemed really weird and fishy and you know when people were reaching out being like we'd like to represent you and they were just like we you know like she was like i don't trust this you know like because nobody was doing this yet and when she started getting work with uh like these big brands that she would like to work with and stuff then she realized like oh wow this is this is actually a thing and then all of a sudden like the you know, the, the money that kind of was being pushed toward her and other uh, bloggers. Uh, th- I mean, this is before even like Instagram was really kind of like the thing it is, the monster it is now. And uh, so it was kind of funny because then, you know, there's this one point I was, I, I've only really been doing the in, uh, the Instagram stuff for, you know, like five or six years, I think. But before that, I was working like three jobs, you know, as a bartender and I worked in a hotel and I was doing all these different, like very, it worked as a cook in a kitchen. My girlfriend was always just like, you need to stop doing that and just focus on the blog because people want to see you. Like I post pictures and they will see you more and more. And so it was really funny because she just, without letting me know, she would take photos of me to test the camera on her. And I didn't even know how to take photos then, you know, she would test it on me so I could just take her photos. And she posted the photos that she would test on me and they, they they did really well with her audience and like <clears throat> posted on uh on uh lookbook you know hmm. and she was like you you're doing really like i was always in like the the number one photo post of the day and stuff and she was like you need to take this seriously and i wish more than anything that i had actually listened to her because like you know i would probably be uh much further ahead than i am now but it was one of those things where i did it when i was ready and uh I don't know. It's just really kind of cool to see the evolution of things. And, and at the same time, kind of see it at the beginning when it was like, you know, there was nobody doing this. And now it's like the the fact that people are quitting their job to do this full time is uh, a really awesome and interesting transition. A lot of people go through this. They have a job, uh, but they like posting on social media and they entertain the idea of doing that full time, 
but they're scared because they're not making any money yet. Um, so this transition from going a safe full-time job to kind of following your hobbies and your dreams and your passion um, is a scary thing to do. Yeah, So for sure. So it sounds like you overcame that. <laughs> What's your advice to someone thinking about quitting their job and going full-time? Yeah, I mean, that's actually an awesome question because I get a lot of people that ask me this stuff. And, you know, at the end of oh, the day... Oh, a ton of them, yeah. Yeah, tons. Ton, I mean, like, you get it, I'm sure, all the time, too. And it's like... It's it's such a tricky thing because like when somebody when somebody asks you a question like that they're not they're not just like loosely dropping this you know like the, these are people that are like genuinely on the verge like you, you can tell they're not happy like they want to do something more and at the end of the day it's like I just tried to give them the tips that I would recommend you know like I'll look at their feed and and I try to reply to every single person that writes to me and so like people are like oh I didn't know you'd actually get back I'm like of course you know like let me help you out and I'll look at their feed and I'll be like hey you know like you've got some good stuff you know most people do I mean like these days it's really hard to to not do good stuff you know and so like most people have an idea of what they want to see they look at other people's feeds and I just try to like hone them in on like specifics like hey I think that you know, it's like, from my perspective, like, your feed is really great, but there's no uh, cohesive flow. You know, it's like, you have great pictures of, like, flowers, or, like, a coffee, or, you know, X, Y, and Z, but, like, you know, with with everything, with, the photog- with photography, or, like, with a video, or anything, like, there needs to be some kind of a story, something that you can look at and kind of see, like, you know, it's more than just shooting in front of a the wall. reason the underlying yeah. connection between all of the photos you take so yeah. someone can just look at a single photo and be like oh that's pretty i like that but <clears throat> if they look at and follow your stuff and see the 20 photos in a row and understand yeah. the growth and the story between those that's even more powerful yeah like i, I try to explain that like you want to look at with instagram in particular you know it's like you really need to look at your your first nine photos on your grid um, and look at that as a whole rather than just the individual photo because there are so many times where I've posted something like this is such a dope photo and it might do really well but at the end of the day when you actually look at the grid itself you know it's like if you're not paying attention to that it might not be cohesive and it's like these days especially if you want to make it as like a successful influencer or micro influencer I mean like micro influencers are actually like even more important now than major ones because the brands are realizing like, hey, you know, micro influencers are where the actual conversion comes in because we have some of the more loyal followers. You know, it's like I have micro influencers are more volatile. So if yeah. I know you don't know crypto stuff, but yeah. <laughs> uh, people don't know what to value people who are growing a lot more than the huge people. So if you could get 20 micro influencers and do, run campaigns with all of them, or yeah. you could just get one, uh, sure. you know, selena gomez or whatever <laughs> who knows maybe not that big but uh you could get almost more out of the 10 or 20 micro influencers because people don't know what to value you know they may be growing and doubling their numbers within one month or two months like yeah. you, you just don't know it's more of a risk but i think brands are starting to understand that yeah and it's like i just you know like when people ask i'm just like you gotta look at that grid you know in in particular and just kind of try to focus like you want to make sure that you look at that as like your business card, you know, as like your resume, because when a brand looks at that, you have to look at it from a brand's perspective. You know, it's like with everything that what I do, it's like everything I do has to be 
it's tricky because you have to have this element of like familiarity that like your audience can come back to and feel comfort. You know, like the people that follow me, like they follow me because they like my channel and they, they, they can relate to me, you know? And I think that that's such an important thing. Whereas like, you know, I don't know. It's like if, if you don't have something that you can kind of tie your audience into and stuff like that, it makes it really difficult. And so it's, it's kind of tricky because, you know, like it's so easy to also get overwhelmed you know, it's like for certain periods of time, like I'll, I'll stress out and be like, oh my God, you know, like I, I didn't get enough photos for this and that, or like I haven't posted in two days or something. And it's kind of more and more getting to the point where I'm just like, I think it's also really important to take a step back, you know, and just realize at the end of the day, it's like, I do this for a living and I need to take a break. You know, it's like, that's a reevaluating your yeah. Your expectations. Yeah, because because I mean, when uh, we when we feel like we're not whole or we feel bad about what we're doing, it's because we didn't kind of keep the promises we made to ourselves or hit the expectations we had. So you kind of have to take a step back, rethink what you want and why. And yeah. I think that's always healthy to do every so often, right? Yeah, I mean, because I don't know. It's like it, it, like what I always tell people is that like you should never try to aim for the number. You know, it's like. You know, for a long time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to hit 100,000 followers and like that'll be my goal. And it's like with anything, it's like buying a new camera. It's like you, you save up, you're so excited. A7R or A, yeah, let's say the A7R3, you know, just came out. And it's like, oh, I can't wait to get that camera. And then you get it. And then it's like for a week, you're like, oh, that's cool. And then what next? You know, it's like the same thing with that. It's like if you have, if you it's have unhealthy, expect, it's unhealthy because you have the expectation of like a number. You're like, I just, you know, I, wish I could do this, but I don't, I only have, you know, 1000 followers or 5,000 or 10,000 or, or more or whatever it is. Or less. It's using material goods to satisfy an unhappiness, which it, is the first, like first step you have to identify it. And then two, you kind of have to practice not satisfying and making yourself happy by buying things or hitting numbers or doing yeah, that. that that's way, yeah. that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like, it's all about the process. You know, it's like what I, what I try to explain and, and I, I definitely practice what I preach is that it's like, you know, if I don't, if I don't enjoy what I'm doing, you know, like I can't do it. And so it's important to take a step back and realize like, Hey, you know, I love taking photos. I love making videos. And that's how I can feel confident and comfortable knowing that like when I quit my jobs um, and I started doing this full time, you know, it wasn't going to be a concern for me because, you know, it's like one, if let's say like tomorrow, you know, uh, I got dropped from my agency or something and like I never did Instagram or blogging or anything like that again. You know, it's like, one, I know that my skill set is high enough that I can do videos professionally for other people. I can take photography for other people and make money like that. But at the same time, you know, it's like, um, I don't know, man, it's like you just, you, you can't get overwhelmed with like the end result. You have to enjoy the process. And then before you know it, you're there. You know, it's like, I never thought that I'd be doing this for a living, you know, uh, even though my girlfriend was doing it for a long time. It's like, I didn't really think that was for me. And now that I am doing it, it's different. You know, it's like I just have Ooh. a different goal and different expectation. Well, great job. Thanks. I feel man. like you're you're in a good spot. I'm doing okay. I yeah. do want to give my advice for people asking whether they should quit their jobs because I think that might be a good topic for this podcast. Yeah, for we'll, sure. We'll call the title that. 
We'll call this so I get a lot of people asking me what they think or what I think for if they're thinking about quitting their job and going full time with social media, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or whatever. I say, I always say the fact that you're asking me this question right now yeah. tells me that you're ready. Yeah. And that you're unhappy also. Yeah. Step two, sure. you got to, you got to have some kind of, you got to be realistic. You have to have some kind of safety blanket. You have to have some kind of savings. Uh, it's going to be hard to make money from the get go. But if you really go into most things with passion and you're a hundred percent into it, I think eventually you will start making money and brands <clears throat> will understand your content will click. You know, it just takes time and practice repetition going in. But, uh, I'm trying to help people with the middle ground, the making money from day one all the way up to a thousand subscribers on YouTube, which is Amazon affiliate link your kit, just whatever you can do to kind of push links and, uh, try to get some kind of income going, uh, for in between the brands. Cause I feel like that's kind of like a weird area. Uh, because brands don't really care. Every, you'll yeah. start getting emails about people giving you free gear, yeah. which everyone kind of gets eventually. Um, but there's a weird middle ground, like how do I make money as yeah. an influencer? Uh, but you have to be lean. It's like a startup going through a transition. You have to be very lean. You have to not spend money. And when you do spend money, it has to be on only stuff that's important to making more money. Uh, minimalist mentality. And that's where minimalism comes in. <laughs> I think... I honestly think it is the key to being an influencer. Like, I think 100%. it's a fantastic transition period uh, to getting brand deals and having a full-time automatic income where you can travel. You can yeah. shoot whatever the hell you want and just live the life you want. Especially the, like, especially with the idea that, like, with minimalism, you, you are so you're so focused on what you have and what you need, I think, especially because like I'm, I'm not in any way a minimalist, like uh, the way that Craig is, you know, but you know, it's one of those things where like, I understand, I appreciate it. I try to live a very simple life where it's like, it's, it's so fun and easy to just go out to, you know, B and H photo or Amazon and just like drop all your money and just be like, give me all the things. And I need this. I need this. You know, it's like this consumerist mentality. And at the end of the day, that's what the brands want. And if you are able to actually keep yourself with like this, this reserved mentality of knowing like what exactly you need, you're able to actually focus your efforts and your energy on explaining that using that and selling that brand um, much more effectively with just those basic things than if you have like a million cameras that you want to get through. And, and like when you see people that have on their YouTube channel or like when you touch an Instagram photo and it's like 55 pop-up blinks, you know, like you're just like, no, like, you know, less It's is amazing more. that you bring that up because <clears throat> this is a new evolution of minimalism that I'm starting to find, which is kind of, I don't know what to call it yet, but okay. it's kind of like sponsor zero. It's, it's the idea of saying no like 95% of the time. Yeah. And the best brands are the ones that you kind of reach out to and make a collaboration with. Um, I find, I don't know if you noticed the, the PC in there, there was a big box with like a PC Okay. and uh, a brand sent me that and it's like a $2,000 computer. Yeah. Um, and they want me to review it, make a video and I keep it, but I got it. And they sent me over like the info for the video and it's yeah. just too restricting. It doesn't fit yeah. my style. Yeah. And I told them like, I just, I can't make this video. I'm not going to use the product. I'm a minimalist. I don't need two computers. I wouldn't yeah. keep it. Everything about this is wrong. Yeah. 
I told them I got to send it back. They're like, oh, you can't do that. We It costs a lot to send it to you. I'm <laughs> like, I'll eat the cost. If it's $200 to send it back to you, that is worth me not posting a crappy yeah. sponsor video on my YouTube channel that I don't care about. And at the same time that like you, you aren't paid for. I think that's like the big thing that a lot of people need to realize too is that, you know, like Craig was going on about is that like brands, it, it, it literally costs them nothing at all to send you products. You know I mean? Like there, there, there are brands that I work with where like they're paying a budget you know, like a good budget and sending you a product that is very expensive and they don't even care, you know, because at the end of the day, it costs them a fraction of what it costs to actually like what you're paying for it as, as a consumer. And so like this brand, like it costs them easily costs them way more for them to ship this thing to you than the product actually costs itself, but you're not getting paid for it. So it's like, it's really frustrating when somebody does something like that because, you know, I don't know. It's my fault. I, sh- I just should have known from the gate. I just, I need a better filter. 2018 is the year of the filter. The I don't filter. know if you heard that. Developing filters to block out the stupid things, only letting good things come in. You got to know what you value. You got to yeah. build that filter. 2018 filter. One of, one of the thing I was actually going to suggest as well, like just from, from my experience um, and what I also recommend people to do when it comes to like, if you are, let's say like what we were talking about, like you, you are thinking about quitting your work and you want to do this full time, you know, the, the most important thing that you can do is what I, it was like the first thing that came to my mind. Like when I was, uh, I was quitting bartending and uh, I, I just knew that like I wanted to actually tackle this full time and stuff. I knew a few people, but I didn't really know a ton. So what I did was I reached out and I just messaged, you know, like a few, of, sorry, a, a few of my friends that did this. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I have something that I can that I can offer you. I was just like, why don't we meet up? Let's get some coffee. You know, I just want to talk to you about like what you do. I want to get more into it. I can take your photographs. And, you know, like, let's just hang out. You know, it's just like, I want to, I want to band together. I want to, I want to like grow the guy group up and stuff like that. And I I just want to meet everybody. And it's like, that is single-handedly like the best thing that I could have ever done. Like that is what introduced me very quickly to a lot of the other guys that are in the, uh, the male influencer sphere of sorts in the, in New York in particular, you know, which got me. Um, into my agency, you know, it's just word of mouth and just meeting people, you getting in photos, taking photos. And I'm not saying doing it in like this superficial kind of like shitty way where you're just like, Hey bro, let's meet up and like, like for like in in person. Like like, I don't want to, I have no interest at all in meeting Casey Neistat so I can take a selfie with him because that does nothing for either of us. But you know, it's like, if there's somebody that you uh, look up to and admire, like this is how I met Craig, you know, like I was watching Craig's videos um, on YouTube for the wedding film school. <clears throat> and I realized, Hey, he lives in New York, I think. And I just sent him an email or I went to his Instagram and I was like, Hey dude, I think you live in New York. Let's, uh, let me buy you a coffee. And I think that's literally how it met up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm on your, on your podcast. <laughs> full <laughs> but, circle, you know, full circle. Those, those people are your core subscribers. You gotta, yeah. from day one, you gotta treat them with respect and yeah. it makes sense. So it's like, if you're going to, if you want to actually like take things seriously, it has to be from like every angle. You, you have to put in the work, you know, to learn how to take good photos, how to edit your photos, how to, you don't have to have a great camera. You know I mean, you can do this on your phone, 
but it's like, you know, learn how to take good photos, you know, composition, how to edit, you know, networking, you know, it's like reach out to people, message them and just do blind, what do they call it? Like blind emails or cold, cold emails, you know, and just, yeah. uh, write out to people and just be like, Hey, you know, can I pick your brain? Can I buy you a coffee? Like I'm going to be in town, you know, the, like Jesse Driftwood, you know, it's like, um, he's a really, really nice guy, kind of like a new friend and stuff. I started following him. And uh, I reached out to him and I was like, dude, I love your stuff. You know, it's like we kept in contact when he came to New York, we hung out. And now it's like I'm planning to try to get out there to, you know, Toronto and sometime in February. And like he was like, you can come and stay at my house. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's just like more people are going to reply back to you than you think. Yeah, and it blows me away every time when like I do reply to somebody and they're just like, I can't believe you replied back to me. I'm like... I'm an, I'm a, I'm a person. I'm like a regular person, just like every other person that you're going to write out to. And like, not everybody's going to write back, but the people that do are the ones that you should actually try to converse with and like pick their brain and I don't know, see if you can meet up with them because that could be the, the key. I love it. I love it. So you've got you got 10 seconds on the clock. What, what's the last thing that you want to leave with our subscribers? Why, why don't you tease us with an upcoming project that no one knows about? Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you give us some secrets here? What, what's something that's really exciting on the horizon that you'd love to do? Okay, so keeping it short and simple, uh, you know, like my YouTube stuff, I love it. I was taking a lot of time focusing on that, and I started filming for other people. 2018, I definitely would film a lot more for myself, but I want to do more like meaningful content. And so I've, I've been having ideas to, I really want to do like documentaries, you know, I I would really love to do some documentary style things that are like really well done. And, uh, you know, like Matt Villa, like you, like you both got me really inspired for these kind of things as well. And I think that that's something I'm really excited to kind of like work on in the future. You know, it's like, I, I want to, I want to have like a five year goal where <clears throat> I know that I'm not going to be doing social media influencing forever, you know, not, not at all. I mean, like it's such a quick, fast evolving world. So it's like, I want to do things that are meaningful to me. And I think the idea of like telling a story, somebody else's story, um, in a documentary style format is something I very much am looking forward to doing in 2018. Cool. I look forward to it. Thanks a lot for coming on the podcast and, uh, I'll link your Instagram in the description below. You should definitely check them out, but, uh, cheers, man. Cheers, guys, and thanks for the tea. Okay, so that's the end of the episode, and I think I have to do these end cards because it can be a little confusing if I abruptly end an episode and you're like, oh no, did was there a mistake in the, edit, the file? Uh, did I accidentally skip to the next podcast? No, I got to do these end cards to add some closure to the episode. So thank you so much for listening, and if you've made it this far, I seriously want to know who you are. I want to know your opinion. What did you think of the episode, and what would you like to hear in the future who should we have on the show and what should we talk about what's interesting let me know on twitter twitter's the best yeah do twitter yeah twit tweet me tweet me do it thank you so much see ya